Hey everybody, it's Dave here, and we are about to start Viking Hot Takes. We're waiting on the great Flip Mozzie. That's why it says Flip below here. Eric <laughs> is right over here. He's getting ready to, he's already here. He's joined, and uh, we're going to start this off. Six questions, 20 minutes, some of the best questions you've ever seen. Talk about your Minnesota Vikings. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Flip has made it. I know it's hard to see, but he is here. <laughs> and bada boom! Look at that. How y'all doing? Sorry for the late entrance, but hey, here I am. I bet you don't even notice. It's great to see Dave. But hey, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Viking Hot Takes. It's week 17. It's the final show of 2021. And we're here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. Our Vikings haven't won three games in a row this year, but they haven't won. They haven't lost three in a row either. So why does this all feel like such a roller coaster ride? They're going to Lambeau. We better buckle up and let's go eric how you doing man good and we better bundle up too because some of us that might be going to lambeau field this weekend uh, i think the kickoff right now is five degrees uh so it's going to be a very very chilly classic january night in in green bay um i'm excited and scared for <laughs> a variety of reasons on both ends but uh, it's it's um what it might it's the last uh road game of the season the the last the season finale is at the the friendly confines of the u.s bank and kind of on sunday night it's going to depend on, you know how they do on sunday night is going to factor in on whether that sunday the, the week 18 game is uh, means anything because there's a very good chance if they lose it it's not going to well i mean you're used to the weather eric and you're used to the Vikings in uh, just playing in big games in 2021. So what could go wrong? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get started. Dave, put it on the clock. Five seconds. We're going to ask the first of six questions. Eric, what is the biggest Vikings regret of 2021? Uh, like... Everything involving 2021. There are a lot of regrets, I think, across the board. But if we're just sticking with the Vikings and their biggest regret, there's a lot to choose from. I, I think, putting it in general, I think it's just believing that they were only a piece or two away from being a serious contender. Because looking back in hindsight, and, and I kind of bought into it too. I thought they'd be like, okay, just get into the playoffs. I, I thought they'd be around that 10-7, and 9-8 and eight kind of record because it was a tough schedule, especially on the road. And I think what we learned from this 2021 season is that the 2019 season was kind of the anomaly with this core group of players in this front office of whether it was capable of that was kind of the ceiling, the 2019, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, even an odd year yeah. Zimmer stuff. This is, I think that's kind of finally going by the wayside this year. You know, they've made it every odd year. They do, they don't make it every even year and it's looking pretty bad that it's, you know, I think that's going by the wayside. And I think for that reasons that Zimmer's Vikings career is probably also going by the wayside in a couple of weeks here too. I think it's just, it's kind of the, the old, 
definition of insanity thing. The, the Vikings kind of kept on doing the same thing and thought they could get different results out of it. You know, again, I, I'm a well aware it could get worse under a new regime uh, if there is a new regime coming in. And it probably, you know, it's more likely that it will get worse at first. But I just think that the, the keeping the status quo, I think that was probably their biggest mistake is just saying, oh, hey, we're one or two free agent signings away here in the, in the secondary. And again, uh, if it wasn't for bad luck, I don't know if uh, Zimmer would have any luck at all because there's a lot of what ifs and a lot of injuries and a lot of things that didn't break their way. But again, it's I think mm-hmm. this is just kind of a culmination of the you know I, I not all eight years were created equal by any means, but three of the last four. I tweeted this out uh, earlier this week. It's like it's going to be hard to look back and. St- remember all the differences between 2018 2020 and 2021 because three of those last four years have been almost identical yeah and we've got fans in the comments here scott anderson talking about he gave us two number one not opening up the offense uh number two you know lots of many lots of money spent on a bad defense so we're kind of seeing eye to eye there i think one candidate might be Promoting Clint Kubiak to offensive coordinator, that's kind of related to not opening up the offense. But yep. for me, it really is. It's it's all the summer free agent signings. And we just gave out a bunch of one-year contracts. I mean, Patrick Peterson, Mackenzie Alexander, Sheldon Richardson, Bashad Breeland, Stephen Weatherly, Xavier Woods, Nick Vigil, D.D. Westbrook, Everson Griffin, Dakota Dozier, Chad Beebe. I mean, that's so many one-year contracts. Five of those guys aren't even on the team anymore. And that's $25 million in spending alone for a team that's going to be $7 million over a 2022 salary cap that's going way up. But we're still spending over that cap. We didn't roll over any money from 2021. And what gets me about that spending is... We, we knew that it kind of wasn't going to work. When we were talking in the preseason, preseason we talked about how top-heavy and thin the roster was. You specifically said injuries could derail this entire season. And so it's, why did we spend all that money on short-term guys that didn't make a difference? Yeah, I, I think they were trying to do the, the stars and scrubs thing. And unfortunately, I mean, some of the guys that were supposed to be stars weren't even close to stars, and the scrubs definitely didn't show up. I mean, you look at the at the draft class that the Vikings had. I mean, outside of Derisaw and uh, Wangu returning two kickoffs for a touchdown, I mean, they have got next to nothing out of this rookie class. Like, it, it's just mind-boggling, mm-hmm. like, how little that the entire third – I think they had, what, four third-round picks – and they have, I think, well, eighty-seven. They buried them on the depth and they're all, chart. Yeah, like there, 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 there are a few. And there, we'll we'll talk on one later in the show here. But yeah, it just seems like if if they needed some sort of uh, contribution, if they were going to support this kind of top-heavy roster, and they just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to the next question. Okay, my first question for you: If Zimmer doesn't. Uh, pull another great escape and he is fired at the end of the season who are your top head coach candidates for the vikings yeah so i think over the years there's been a request to get an offensive coach in order to replace mike zimmer a defensive coach um that's kind of changed if you go if you look at you know 2022 when you're not living in 2018 and i say that at the start because I would definitely prefer an offensive coach, 
But I'm just, you know, I'm not going to vomit if they bring in a defensive guy because I think there are some strong right. defensive candidates. Uh, my top head coaching candidates are all offensive, though. And number one for me is Byron Leftwich. Looking at what he did in Tampa Bay, and yes, that team is very talented with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and and Chris Godwin. But they were able to take you know Antonio Brown into that locker room. They were able to deal with uh, Mike Evans getting injured, and they've had some really nice contributions from guys like Tyler Johnson, um, from Keyshawn Vaughn, and a solid offensive line that I just. We lose Somebody just died. Oops. <laughs> and there he is. We'll try to get him back in here. There he is. Okay, we're back. There okay. we go. You just stop the clock. I'm just going to keep on talking. Uh, where did going. you lose yep. me? Just right at like we lost you only for about four seconds there. So you were you okay. were right in the middle of the 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 left twitch stuff. Yep. Yes. Number two. Brian Dable, I think, you know, what he's done with Josh Josh Allen speaks for itself. I don't need to talk long there. Number three for me, I'm actually looking at Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator. And now this is a little bit of a trope, just going with the next McVay guy. But I think you, you talked to you talked to McVeigh once. You get a good job, coaching job, yep. <laughs> and I and I hate that trope, and I really don't want to just do that. But you look at the success coming out of this system and this coaching tree, and it's not just Mike LaFer who we're going against, you know, on, on Sunday. But Zach Taylor also has what looks like one of the best young dynamic offensive in the league in Cincinnati. And, you know, if Kevin O'Connell gets an interview, that would be okay with me. He sure has a lot more promise, in my opinion, than a guy like Clint Kubiak. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, uh, some of those names are definitely on my list. And I want to reiterate the same thing. It's I don't want to swing the pendulum to the, okay, Zimmer was old and he liked defense. We have to swing the pendulum to young and offense. It has to be that. Don't do that. Don't get caught into that. Just don't be different just to be different. If you interview a whole bunch of people and the guy happens to be a defensive coordinator or has, you know, defensive roots, if he's the best fit for the team, make him go ahead and make the hire. The the people in charge, I'll have to trust them more because, you know, I think at this level, you're going to have experts at X's nose at every level, whether it's a linebackers coach Mm -hmm. or whatever. I really think you need a guy that's going to bring in the best leadership and culture to fit your team and someone that's willing to maximize the talents of the players on his roster. Sure, I'm sure they're going to have input and those Vikings are going to have a lot of turnover, but get the most out of the players you have in the locker room. Don't insist that they try to, to... fit your mold. I mean, that's the whole, the bread children's kick ass offense thing. Like we, we, we don't need that. Yeah. It doesn't work. Get the most out of your players. And that's why I think someone like Leftwich, again, who had a ton of talent has the best quarterback in the history of the NFL as his quarterback. That always helps. And of course that's, that might be the, the, okay, how much of it is, is Leftwich? How much of it is just all the weapons he has? But I think he's shown a lot of initiative and leadership and, and really mixed a lot of where a lot of things could have got wrong with that, with that team. So he's definitely one of mine. And, the, the Eric Bieniemy thing—it's the same thing. It's like, okay, how much of it is Andy Reid, and how much of it is him? People swear up and down from the NFL. It's like I can't believe he hasn't got a head coaching chance yet. I don't know if it's still the the stuff from his past, or if it, you know maybe if he doesn't have a job at this point, there may, might be something legit out there. You know, other than the whole excuse that they've been getting, oh, he doesn't interview very well or something like that. Um, 
that Dable, I was, I was, I've, I think I'd be on board with that. And O'Connell, yeah, again, it's the whole, don't do it just because it's, you know, a McVeigh disciple, do it because he's actually, he knows his stuff. The only other ones, I, I mean, if Josh McDaniels is, is available and he, he wants to leave that, the, his, his longtime gig at, at New England. And he, you know, maybe the, the NFL said after that whole, um, the Colts thing that McDaniels pulled, like maybe he's just not, you know, not going to get a chance. And Kellen Moore is the other one where it's like, okay, that seems like the, it might be just the pendulum swinging again. Cause he's the young, you know, the, the Cowboys are doing great and he's, he's young and he has good ideas and things like that. I, I, I wouldn't be uh, against it. You know, if they, if they vet him and everything. And again, I don't, I don't feel as strong in this coaching cycle that, you know, like I'm going to be pounding the table for one or two candidates, but that they should definitely uh, kick the tires on as many people as possible. I, I have definite no's, and Kellen Moore is one of them. Kellen Moore and Nathaniel okay. Hackett are my definite no's, just because I think they just have so much talent that they're in control of. And they don't see, like, I haven't seen the cultural aspects that I see from, like, a, uh, a Byron Leftwich and a Brian Dable where it's really not only about the X's and O's, but you see, I hate this term, but you see the leadership skills, the leader of men type attitude, which Mike Zimmer still has, by the way. But that is, again, what I'm looking for in a head coach. And I don't think you're just going to get the next, you know, the the schematic geek. I think that's what we have now in Clint Kubiak, and it's not enough. Right. Okay. All right. Well, gosh, we're over halfway already, but that was, I think that was a good meaty couple questions yeah. to start with. So we'll, we'll go a little faster in your, your next couple here. So what do you got next? For Real me? quick, Eric, I'm, I'm asking, have we seen enough from the other young wide receivers? And I think this question is really looking into 2022. Are you running it back with Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, and Smith-Marset? Or do you think that room needs some more talent? Um. I don't feel bad if those are the top four wide receivers, but I would definitely try to flip over the other half of that, that wide receiver group. Because again, like I think KJ Osborne has proven himself. I think he's a definitive yes for that third wide receiver position. Assuming Thielen's thing is only a month setback. It doesn't seem like it's too major outside of the surgery he had to have. And he's, again, I don't think he's going to you know get a ton better in the coming years. Cause he is on the, the other side of 30, but I think he's still got plenty left in the tank and Jefferson, the, the sky is still the limit for him. So those top three, I think are still fine. If you bring them back next year and Smith Marset. Yeah. I mean, I I've seen the potential there a little bit in the preseason and it's nice that he has the touchdown, but he only has three targets this season. So you can't really make you know say definitively yes or no he's been inactive a bunch of games um and Chisina is a great special teamer but I think he's a lot more you know Chris Walsh than Adam Thielen I think he's going to stay in the special teams and just be really good at that rather than being like Thielen and kind of developing out of that so anything after that I mean what you have BB BC Blakey, uh, Blake Pearl. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of those guys. That you, I'm, I'm definitely. <laughs> I don't. I just said they all. They all started with the B. I had to add the other one with the E or with an E sound. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I'm after those. After the top three, and if Smith Marset continues to develop, I, I'm fine with turning the rest over and you know taking a middle round draft pick or signing some undrafted free agents or something like that. All right. Next question. Okay. This one's just for you, Flip. I mean, okay, we're 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 down we're down Mason Cole. We're, he's he's gone. Ole Udo, not the answer long term. And uh, so, is it finally Wyatt Davis time on Sunday? 
So so now you want to start wine, David. I, I mean, I've been saying it for two months. <laughs> but so like, I, I know you mentioned things that have changed, but neither of those things prevented them from doing this two months ago. And I'm trying not to live right. in the past. But there is there is no good reason to start him now that they couldn't have used to start him earlier in the year. So I'm just, I'm just over the Wyatt Davis thing. They had a chance to put him in. Now they're in a weird, desperate win now mode where you're, you're putting in a rookie who has struggled in practice in high pressure situations. Who knows how prepared he's been or whether this is just like a one week. Okay. Now you're starting, go do it. This is, it feels like they're setting them up to fail. I don't want to see him just keep on rolling with Blake Brandle and save him for next year at, at some point. We missed our opportunity. Yeah, I think developed. I think the ship. Yeah, it. I, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's how much of it is Davis? Is was he that bad of a, a draft pick, or did he showed that little in practice where it's like now the Vikings? I mean, it's him and Kellen Moore. They're like, I mean, they signed Kyle Sloter this week. I could not believe like <laughs> that guy burned every bridge possible on the way out. His first stint in Minnesota. It's like. Well, we got the third round rookie here. Or we'll, now we'll we'll sign Slaughter. He knows he knows a little bit about the offense, just in case, because we don't want to start. I really think it's that way with Davis. And again, I'm not there in the locker room. I don't know. I haven't heard anything of like what they what the team's opinion is on Davis. But it doesn't seem like they're going to play him anytime uh, soon. And I I think it'll be next season by the time you see him on the field. Because yeah, I I I don't I don't prefer Dozier over Davis, but I guess that that's not my choice. And it doesn't look like they're, the the Vikings are are gonna be willing and again that that would not be an ideal way to start your nfl career is like oh hey start in five degree weather against kenny clark you know go, go have fun you know ridiculous and it feels like across the roster especially right now late in the year it feels like they do they are not about development they literally are not looking at their backups until there is a covid breakout and they're like oh wait you, you know oh i i do we need Wyatt Davis and he's got he gets 15 plays in practice on tuesday and if he's good then he's starting on sunday or kellen mond right. he gets 10 snaps with the first team offense before they start to call up uh they start they call in Kyle Sloter like what is going on with the development here it does right. not it's not well, built for the and- long term and we got we have Doug in the comments saying, "Well, why not start Davis? It couldn't be any worse." Never ever say that with the Vikings offensive it line. Couldn't be because any worse. how many times they could have started him two months ago? It could always and be worse. This is the Minnesota Vikings spot, but we'd, we'd have oh. Wyatt Davis on well, track yes, developing too, sure. in his first year on his if, rookie contract. They made if it, it was worse. two months ago. Yes, but I'm just saying if they're trying to start Davis on Sunday, which they aren't going to do, I'd, I'd be shocked if they did. It could get worse. It could get worse than Udo. Get worse than Dozier. We could be at Drusamia levels. We, who knows? But yes, never say it couldn't get worse, especially with this team. Okay, we got a, just Drew a few Samia minutes left. We got great. one question. I would love Drusamia. <laughs> We're going over because it's the last show oh, no. of the year. We're going over. I love Drusamia. The calendar Drew year. Samia of went the calendar. Drusamia went in. He sucked. We all saw that he sucked. They knew he sucked, and we knew that Drusamia had a long way to go. They had a bunch of teach tape on him. It was great. <laughs> Why not do that with Wyatt Davis? Let's let's go to the next question. How would you feel after that rant? How would you feel if the Vikings won out? I'd be thrilled. I'm always thrilled when the Vikings win. 
I'm, I'm, I am a Vikings fan, which is short for fanatic. That means I'm, I'm going to be at Lambeau. I am willingly driving four plus hours yes, to go that. stand outside with a bunch of drunk cheeseheads and probably watch my team lose. They're not favored to win. It's going to be five degrees. It might be pretty miserable out there. But you know why? Because I'm going there because they might win. And if they do win, you know, guess how much I'll give a crap if it's if it means, oh, maybe they'll keep Zimmer and Spielman around if they win out. I don't care. That'd be fun. Let's make the playoffs. Let's try. I, again, I, I, I get the arguments. I, and there are a lot of people that say, probably with a lot of merit, that that 2019 playoff win where Zimmer's future was kind of cloudy back then, well, you know, the, the playoff win in New Orleans, like they said it set the franchise back a couple years because it made the team believe that they were closer than they were. And now seeing these last two seasons, sure, there's definitely some merit to that. They're completely wrong, yep. but yes, there's some merit. I, yes. But no matter what happens these last two games, it's not like, you know, they're going to be super close to a title if they win. And it's not like they're going to be super close to a top drive, five draft pick if they lose both. So why not? we got two weeks left. Let's see, you know, let's let's do the real Vikings thing. Win out and still somehow miss the playoffs. That would be that. Like, go nine and eight here, and actually, you know, oh hey, they they win, they beat the Bears. All they need is one more thing to go through, and then they actually lose. That would be the most Vikings thing ever to happen. I really don't. Th- I I think um, everything is going to be settled by uh, about ten thirty on Sunday night. But I'd I'd love to be pleasantly surprised. How about you? Yeah, you know, well, I I think the key here is they could win out and still miss the playoffs. So it's very nice to dream about a win in Lambeau sweeping the Packers this year and then sweeping the Bears to make the playoffs. That might be nice even if they don't make the playoffs because I think going into week 17, it it is an opportunity to show that Mike Zimmer still has the locker room by winning these last two division games. And, you know, his hands are tied a little bit. I am not going to cape for Mike Zimmer here. He has made a lot of mistakes over the past, especially this season. But for sure. I worry that there's only one scapegoat here. And the reality is there's multiple things about this regime that needs to change. And I think winning out might bring that to the forefront. Like, wow, this guy won two games against division rivals with a bad roster. I think the fact that people still think there are ta- there is a lot of talent on this team is insane. This is a bad roster now. It's a falling apart roster. It's deteriorating, and we saw it coming for three years now. That is fair. Okay, we are going to be running out of time, but we had the little technical difficulties. And again, this is the last one of the calendar year. This is the last climbing the pocket you get until 2022. So we are going to go over a little bit. And this is a fun one anyway. Will the cold weather that we have alluded to on Sunday night be an equalizer for the Vikings? And related, will I get frostbite? (laughs) You probably, like, what is the price point where Eric chooses not to go to Lambeau anymore? I... I feel like, oh, like there's the a... like how low does the temperature have to get? I already paid for the ticket, so that's that's already gone. But I mean, like, like I... what what would be too cold to actually go to the game? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Yeah, what I... is, what is too cold for to actually go to the game? Well, if 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 the snow is like blowing sideways, like it was for that Buffalo New England game, and it's five degrees, then I'm out. Like I'll just watch that game from a, the restaurant, like by the by the rest the, by the stadium. But it seems uh-huh. like it's going to be. Only super duper cold with a little bit of wind, not too bad. And I don't think there's any snow in the forecast or anything. So 
I'm still going to go. That's 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 the plan. I'm I'm driving all that way. We're eating at Lombardi Steakhouse the, on Saturday night. We're 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 doing it big. So uh, we we got to go. Yeah, but oh, you think so there's you three. Think, you make the game I do not think the cold weather will be an equalizer when you're playing the Green Bay Packers and Lambo, the Vikings versus Packers border battle. There's always three equalizers. Number one is just the Vikings being the Vikings. That game is probably going to be close. Number two is Mike Zimmer. The second he, even if we go up by 10 points, he's going to try to keep that game close. And even if it weren't for those two things, the people, the zebras wearing black and white, no matter what happens, even if the Vikings go get up big, they are going to keep that game close. So we don't need the cold weather to have equalizers for Vikings Packers. Okay. I like, yeah. I, and again, if it was super windy or if it was super, you know, snowing sideways or something like that, I don't think the weather is going to affect that much. It does, you know, passing does go down, but I, I don't think it'll be that big difference. All right. This, we're, we're, we're at the end. We went overtime. Um, unlike, I hope Sunday's, <laughs> I hope Sunday night's game does not go to overtime. <laughs> okay. What do you got for score prediction flip? Oh my goodness. I have not even thought about this. I've been so angry of Aaron Rodgers' fake limp last week as the refs just (laughs) handed the Packers another win that I have not thought of a score prediction, but I do know that uh, Dalvin Cook will be back in a cold weather game. Uh, You know, I'm going to go with 20 points for the Vikings and 30 points for the Packers. Okay. That's that's uh, pretty close to what I had. Um, I have a Q&A coming out uh, probably tomorrow morning uh, with Acme Packing Company, and I already made my score prediction there. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, I said 31-17 Packers. Again, I like I said, I hope they went out. I hope I'm completely wrong. I want this thrown back in my face if, they get, if the Vikings do pull it off. I just think the the Packers are playing too well at and they're getting too many people back and healthy. They're they're going to be the number one seat in the NFC and we're going to have to sweat out another NFC Championship game where hopefully they lose again. Um, but it's they're they're yeah. they're two different teams at two different levels. The, the the Packers ran away with the division for a reason. It'd be great to get a sweep. I just won't get my hopes up too much. Enjoy the game, Eric. Thank you all in the comments. We always love having it's awesome. you. We've got one more show of the 2021 season next week. So we're really looking forward to it. Until then, Skull Vikes. Go. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.